What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast and our weekly college football preview insider episode. Sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, my co-host slash father, former college football sports writer and USF Bulls beat writer, jumping right into things for the week. We're going to be talking about our college football playoff rankings, biggest games of the week in week seven, our Heisman watch, and then my favorite segments, as always, Mr. Alan Dell. The Godfather's hot seat, as well as his biggest bum and biggest hero of the week awards. And without further ado, Mr. Allen Dell, give me your current top four rankings for the college football playoffs heading into week seven. Well, even though they haven't played anybody, uh, I got to have Alabama number one. They're, they have the most talent, but again, they're, they're, their schedule is so weak, it should be embarrassing to Nick Saban. I mean, even looking forward, they got Missouri this week. They have Tennessee, and they finally get a competitive game with LSU. But he get, he gets a week uh, a bye f- before that one. So, but anyway, they obviously maybe have the best quarterback in the country, even though he hasn't. I don't know if he's, you could say he's been tested. Point well taken. Got Ohio State too. Two big wins on the road. I got Clemson. I think some people are down on Clemson. But now now I think Clemson's straightened out their quarterback situation. Trevor Lawrence is a man. My man. They're going to open things up. And I I think they're going to be a a powerhouse like they showed last week. And I got Notre Dame at number four. You can't keep the Fighting Irish out. They've had a couple of really big wins. Great cash, homie. The Fighting Irish out. How how about giving a little bit more love and respect to the Fighting Irish, Mr. Allen Dell? I got them number one in my rankings. This is the only team in the country that's undefeated with three wins against top 25 teams they've done it in back-to-back weeks in blowouts they blew out Stanford 38 to 17 two weeks ago this past weekend you in what a game you called a trap game and what many other people said as well on the road at number 24 Virginia Tech 45 to 23 victory for the Fighting Irish looking very good as, as well as your boy Ian Book at quarterback it, it seems like they have their quarterback situation set also and, and just talking about Clemson for a second you know, I, I've, I've been hesitant, hesitant to give these big schools love this year, and, and Clemson's the biggest on, on my list in terms of schools I'm not giving love to in the rankings. I mean, this is a team that's had an even worse, softer schedule than Alabama has this year. And Oh, so they beat Wake Forest 63-3? to What kind of and, shit and, is that? And you say that they're on track. I don't disagree with that. They barely beat Syracuse by four well, points they at home. They didn't have a quarterback against Syracuse. They had to use their third-string quarterback. It was okay, the first well, varsity game. On so. the road against Texas A&M, only won by two points. So they, they've had a couple of really close games. One one play goes either way. That they could easily have two losses on their on their schedule, and they're they're almost a certainty to get into the college football playoff based on the bias of, of these posters. The only ranked team on Clemson's schedule for the rest of the year is October 20th next weekend at home against North Carolina State, the undefeated Wolfpack. Mr. <laughs> is, am I crazy here for, for saying this? I think Clemson's the most overrated team in the country. But yeah, well, like I said, <clears throat> they had problems with quarterback. I think they straightened that out. They showed that against Wake Forest. I think they're going to be good enough to, if, if they went out, they still got to play a conference championship game too. Don't forget that. ACC isn't that loaded. ACC's looking very weak this year. I, I, I'm, I'm rooting for that, for that NC State upset next weekend to balance some things out in the polls here and then after that they traveled to FSU which doesn't seem like a tough game the way your boy Willie Taggart's coaching those Knowles on the sideline right now we'll get into that a little bit later but number two in my ranks I'm gonna agree with you I got Ohio State I mean they they've won big games big program that's won big games and that's all I want to see I want to see you at least play a couple tough games halfway through the season Ohio State with with two wins against top 15 schools 
Number three, I'm going to throw a guy you've mentioned as a Heisman candidate and a front runner this year, Will Greer in West Virginia Mountaineers, number three. Oh, this is a school that's now playing in a big-time conference. They've won some some big-time games Ooh. this year. I mean, I mean, look, they, 12 is pretty big time. They, they, they won at Texas Tech two weeks ago, 42-34. to 34. They've won every single game they've played by at least two touchdowns or more. And they had that game against NC State, like I said, undefeated Wolfpack. That was canceled due to weather. All right, so continuing with the rankings, like I said, West Virginia, to me, number three, Will Greer in that offense. They're absolutely steamrolling opponents right now, and they've got some big games on the schedule. Oh, unbelievable big at, games coming up. At so. number nine, Texas in a few weeks. At Texas is a school that I got right on the border out of my top five. I'll put that, I'll put Bama and Georgia tied at four, four and five respectively. I mean, they're obviously the big school programs. They've been ranked near the top every year but Alabama like you said they haven't played anyone one win over Texas A&M three weeks back and they won that game by 22 points and yeah okay they got a couple halfway decent games on the schedule later in the season three out of their last four games are against current ranked teams at LSU at home versus Mississippi State and at home versus Auburn in the Iron Bowl to close out the season and then you got sandwiched in between the last two games a game against the Citadel I, I don't so even how, know they should call the Red Cross for that yeah, game that's, that's, that should be a crime for Nick Saban right there Word. and then right outside I'm, I'm going to give honorable mention I'll, I'll, Clemson like I said they're, they're in my doghouse right now for that for that ridiculous schedule they have Penn State with only one loss to Ohio State they're still in the hunt <laughs> Texas with the big win against Oklahoma this past weekend it's, Texas is a good team, man, and, and they, they have the schedule, and if they can win some more big games, they already beat USC and TCU in back-to-back weeks. Now against Oklahoma, that they won that game. If they wouldn't have lost that opening week game to Maryland, they could easily be in the top four rankings right now. The Texas Longhorns are a team to watch out for right now. They're a team on the rise, in my opinion, and Tom, the only reason they're not in my top four is because they have that one loss in their schedule. Yeah, Tom Herman has come through. He had a bad Last year was his first year. He struggled, uh, and he's turned things around. So if you can do it in your second year, that's that's good work. Yeah, looking ahead you know, to three weeks from now, like I said, when I mentioned West Virginia earlier, is that, that Texas versus West Virginia game on November 3rd. That, that's going to be a game I, I'm very interested in. I look at uh, the Mountaineers' last four games, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma. <laughs> that's murderer's row. Right? Yeah, well, I'm just excited Chance to for be your here. boy Will Greer to prove whether he's a true Heisman winner or not. I mean, that's, that's, that's going to be definitely murderer's row. But if they can get out of that with one loss on the season, then they have even more they, – they have the credentials to get into that college football plan. Big 12, their, their, their conference game is between their number one and two teams in the conference because they don't divide them. So you can see West Virginia-Oklahoma rematch if they lose. But we'll yeah. see what or happens. Or you can see, or you can see an Oklahoma-Texas yeah. rematch. And that, I, I'm sure many people wouldn't mind to see that. They had, a, they had a classic game this past weekend with Texas pulling that game out. Yeah, out, and, you know. and that, that's a bad thing. And that, then that, uh, the Oklahoma coach uh, – Lincoln Riley fires his defense coordinator after the game. I, I just, In my opinion, that's Mike Stoops uh, got fired. Uh, he was using Lincoln Riley's re- players as recruits and so forth. So I, 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 I thought Lincoln Riley blew the conference, the uh, playoff game last year when he pulled the reins in on Baker Mayfield. I always blame that loss on Lincoln Riley. You so, kidding yeah, me? That, that was a that was a ridiculous. He got game real right conservative there. at the end. If you remember that one. Yeah, I do remember that game definitely. And how about just a quick shout-out before we move on from the rankings. They're the undefeated teams now in the ranks. UCF Golden Knights at number 10 in the AP poll, number 9 in the coaches poll. The quote-unquote with an asterisk defending national champions, 5-0. and Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Not to mention, how about the Colorado Buffaloes, 5-0. Yeah. NC State, as I mentioned a few times, 5-0. and 
And then how about our USF South Florida Bulls at 23 in both polls? It's hard to get there. excited about them, but Cincinnati also six and zero. I know. Just made the poll at number 25. Well, uh, UCF they got a, maybe a tough game for them at Memphis this Saturday. The, the, they played in the, for the conference championship last year. It was an incredible shootout. Oh yeah. Uh, they say some people are saying uh, UCF is better this year than last year. Yeah, hello. Uh, and then they have East Carolina. That's not going to be much of a game. Temple, home, Navy, home. Then they they close with Cincinnati and USF, so who knows? Yeah, and another undefeated team, same same colors, rocking the gold and black, the Colorado Buffaloes, first place right now in the Pac-12 South Division. All right, they I'm excited. They beat UCLA two weeks ago by, what, 22 points. They beat Arizona State this past weekend. Good win. How about this? If Colorado goes into USC this weekend, they play at 10, 10.30 p.m., late game on the West Coast this Saturday night. And then the following week, they play at Washington, number seven currently in the country the Huskies are. If Colorado wins both of those games back-to-back, you're talking about a team that could get into that top yeah. four playoff rankings. I'll go holler at them, son. Hey, I, I, I think UC, USC is a lot better than maybe they started the season. They, you know, they have a young team, but they always get high-level talent. So if, we'll see what happens if Colorado wins. Uh, a lot of pollsters will say, oh, USC is terrible. But. Yeah, and then, and then you look at the NC State Wolfpack, you know, second in the ACC Atlantic Division right now, 5-0. and They play at Clemson in two weeks, like we mentioned earlier, and then they're at Syracuse, and then home against FSU. They win those three games. I'm not you know, trying to get ahead of myself here, but that's another team that's undefeated right now that came into the season with no expectations to be able to contend yeah. for the college football playoffs. They're right there also. Yeah. And, and just, okay, so that will transition us to the, to the biggest games of the week for yeah, week Before seven, we get right? to that, I'm saying for Notre Dame, they are facing another trap game. They play Pittsburgh. Oh, you're going to say, oh, they're only 3-3. Three and three. Well, let's not forget what Pittsburgh did. They beat undefeated Miami last year, and two years ago they beat undefeated Clemson. Clemson's still magic in the playoffs. Everybody wants to beat Notre Dame. Uh, the coaches don't want them in because that means one less team from a conference will get in. So I, I say that's another trap game for Notre Dame. It's going to be – for them to go 6-0 and all the rest of the way and they got USC the final game of the season, that's going to be awful tough. I don't think Notre Dame should have to go undefeated, right? Even if they finish the year with one loss, shouldn't they still get in? Is, is it so. just me or I feel like they have the toughest schedule in the entire country well, from season start to season end? Well, the, the schedule looked – Tougher at the beginning of the season, but some of their uh, opponents have not had the season that we expected them. Virginia Tech, one of them. So yeah, well, you know, they they still beat Michigan, they still beat Stanford, and look, another trap. You could call almost every single game on on their schedule for the rest of the year a trap game, right? Because they play against Navy. You know, you know Navy's always going to be a tricky opponent at Northwestern. After that, at home against FSU who could be a surprise team at that point. At home against Syracuse, which we've seen beat Clemson in years past. And then at USC in that last game of the season, underrated team, like you said. So no game, a guaranteed win for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But they have, to me, the best, strongest schedule in the country. And they're not afraid to play big schools. And that's what I like about this team. And they finally have a good quarterback. Brian, Brian Kelly's been in there coaching these guys up. And he's, he's improved this program a lot over the last few years since the, since the big Chip Kelly debacle. But, you know, that'll transition us, like I said, into the week seven biggest games of the week. And, and you mentioned a few of them, but... Three games between ranked teams. Georgia at LSU, 3.30. Washington, number seven at number 17, Oregon, another 3.30 game. And then a night game, number 15, Wisconsin at number 12, Michigan. Mr. Allendale, take it yeah. away. Which, which game are you most well, excited well, about of those three? I'm, I'm giving a tip to all the betters out there. 
Get your money out. How do you pay, man? Well, LSU is right now a seven-point dog at home, and I, I think that's the best bet of the weekend. Take, take LSU at home, seven points. Everybody's saying Georgia's good. Well, we don't know how good Georgia is. They've only the best team they played is South Carolina. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. <laughs> mediocre, a little bit better than mediocre team. Good old Will Muschamp. Remember uh, me? Yeah, that, that, that's the same reason. The man who had that debacle at the University of Florida. That's, that's the same reason I, I barely have them in my top four tied with Alabama. It's the same thing with Alabama. But how about Murderer's Row for Georgia at LSU this weekend, then Florida, Florida Gators at home, then at Kentucky, and then home against Auburn? How about that? Well, Florida, that's the that's game in Jacksonville. That's okay, a, so Florida, obviously, with the big win against LSU this past weekend. Look, LSU, they're not out of it yet. You no. know, they dropped in the rankings to 13 and 12, respectively, in the AP and coaches polls, but they're still in there. They, they've beaten some big teams, and I, I agree with you. I, I'm surprised that they're – that, that they're favored to lose by that many points being in a home game for the Tigers, the, the Bayou Bengals. I'm there. telling you, folks, get your wallet out, take those seven, and it may go up. Actually, it's gone up to seven and a half in some places. T- take the LSU Tigers at home, a, fr- a Saturday night game. Oh, excuse me, 3.30 game, but yeah. still. I mean, look, it's, it's, they, they came into last week and they lost. It's look tough conference loss on the road against the Florida Gators. I mean, if, if they had a little bit better quarterback play, they could have easily won that game. But, look, their defense is top-notch, and they, they came into that game against Florida having been one of the only undefeated schools in the country to have two top-ten wins, I mean, beating Miami, which was number eight in week one, and then winning at Auburn in week three. So LSU is right up there, and, and they've got the murderer's row because the next next week they play Mississippi State, currently number 24, and then they're at home against Alabama the week after that. So that's going to be a game. I got my eye on it in the near future as well. But Washington yeah. Huskies, I mean, any any chance here? I mean, well, here, here's another good day. bit. Uh, Washington's a three, three-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on where you look. I, I say take Oregon at home. Take Oregon at home with those three points, or if you can get the three-and-a-half, that's a good bet. Great cash, homie. Uh, so, you so know. no faith in the Huskies, huh? Yeah, no, I got more faith in Oregon and Justin Herbert, maybe the best quarterback in the country uh, that are NFL draft eligible. He's got all the tools. The, the one game they lost to Oregon, they bas- – excuse me, they lost to Stanford. They basically gave it away. Oh, it was and by terrible. the way, whatever for whatever it's worth, Washington has won the last two meetings between these teams, and Oregon won the previous 12. So whatever you want to put into that stat. Well, here's what makes me agree with you on this one is because you look at last week, right, and, and not to have too much recency bias here, but Washington – barely won at UCLA. They won that game by seven points, and we know how bad UCLA's been this year. So Oregon with a chance to get a big home win under their belt after they let that one slip away against Stanford. I, I agree with you right there. I'm surprised. That's, that's another spread that surprises me. Mr. Allen Dell, you're going to have to jump on Bovada or my bookie and, and place a few. Yeah, you've got in, – in the AP, uh, Paul, uh, SEC's got eight teams – the Big Ten has four, and then you got uh, four conferences with three teams. So I don't know why I can't figure that one out. Yeah, well, like I said, I- I'm I'm going to be real focused on on these undefeated teams, and obviously the the ones at the top, right? The top six schools in the rankings right yeah. now in both polls are all well, undefeated. But like I said, UCF, you got Colorado with that big game. That's that's the game I'm most excited about, honestly. Out of all these, is number 19 Colorado at USC, 10:30 p.m. If the Buffaloes win that game, they have a huge showdown at Washington the next week. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. And, 
And then, like I said, looking ahead to next weekend at number 20, NC State at number four, Clemson. Playoff implications for sure. Any games that I missed, Mr. Allendale, that you're looking uh, at? I'll be talking about USF Friday night, you know. USF South Florida Bulls, the team you used to cover, the school I went and, to. Well, uh, what do you got to say about my Bulls, baby? Yeah, well, they're, they're, ranked, they're ranked number 23 in the country. I guess that's good for them, except they, they can't seem to – they're not very good at handling success. So. That's easy to say that again bit scared about that but they do last two out of the last three weeks of the season for the South Florida Bulls are at Cincinnati which is ranked 25 right now they're on Bearcats undefeated at 6-0 and and then that final game in the season wouldn't you love to see undefeated USF versus undefeated well, that would be great for be great league. for the state of Florida especially those two schools the I-4 Warren I-4 yeah, even if they had each had one loss it would still be a great game I'm excited about that matchup this year for sure USF sitting at 5-0 and right now as well as UCF and then I guess transitioning from there, we're talking about some of the best teams in the country. Let's talk about some of the best players in the country. Mr. Allen Dell, your Heisman watch, man. Give me your, give me your top three or well, your top you know, one. I, I, Who's sitting I, I, the top of your Heisman poll right now? I want to put some new names up. Uh, Justin Herbert's my number one guy. And Will Greer. How about uh, love? Tua, great numbers. He only love, plays half a game. Love, 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 he's, he hasn't played anybody. He, he's up there. Maybe he'll get it. Okay. But uh, let, let's throw a couple of names up there. How, how about Cole McDonald? Nobody's heard of him. The Hawaii quarterback. Hawaii. He's only lost one game this year. McDonald has thrown 24 touchdown passes, only two picks for over 2,100 yards. What y'all And then there's Mike Leach, the Washington State aerial genius who can't get any votes. Didn't get a – didn't make the AP top 25. I guess the coaches don't like me. Washington State has lost one game this year, okay, to USC by two points. USC is improving. They're always improving. And then they're penalizing the Washington State for that. It's, it's unbelievable. Hey, Haskins number three in the nation in passing yards, sitting right behind Gardner Minshaw and Cole McDonald, like you said, Hawaii quarterback right there. Gardner Minshaw just was beating everyone by, by, by a country mile, 2,400-plus passing yards on the season. Hawaii quarterback Cole McDonald, 2,100 passing yards. Then Dwayne Haskins after him. And how about North Texas quarterback Mason Fine, number four in the country in passing yardage. Junior quarterback for the North Texas Mean Green. North Texas 5-1 this year, man. Hey, they're out there. They're, they're a D1 school. Don't forget about these guys. This guy's tearing it up this year. 15 touchdowns, one interception on the season. Now, in addition to being number four in passing yards, so I'm, I'm going to give my, so some small school guys some love. And then the receiver for the Hawaii Fighting Rainbow Warriors, like like you mentioned, their quarterback Cole McDonald, he's throwing the ball a lot to John Ursua, junior wide receiver, Hawaii native. Man, this this guy is tearing it up this year. You look at his touchdown total: twelve touchdowns through six games this season, fifty-five catches, eight hundred and one yards. Right now, Ursua is the second in the nation in receiving yardage at eight hundred and one. Yards and then and then a couple guys I wanted to mention. I brought this guy up last week and, and you kinda you kinda laughed at me, Mr. Allendale, but LaVisca Chenault Jr., oh, sophomore right. wide receiver for the Colorado Buffaloes, the undefeated Colorado Buffaloes. This guy's six foot two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Sounds like an NFL receiver type to me. On the season, has six touchdowns, seven hundred and eight receiving yards, fifty-one receptions. This guy is third in the nation in receiving yards, right behind our boy from Hawaii. So don't forget about this guy. The, the Colorado's ranked number 19, and I talked about their upcoming schedule these next two weeks. This is a guy that could maybe move up the rankings a little bit. Just let me give you the, the, the last, last two stat lines for LaVisca Chenault Jr. 
12 catches for 126 yards against UCLA, 13 catches for 127 yards against Arizona State. That's in their last two games just alone. That, that's absolutely ridiculous numbers right there. You can't ignore that. And that's why and they then, took the uh, damn field. I mean, just look, there, there's, some, there's some guys with some impressive stats. What about Jerry Tillery, defensive lineman, senior from Notre Dame, Jordan Brailford, defensive end, junior from Oklahoma State. Uh, how about Memphis running back junior Daryl Henderson? You said the Memphis Tigers are an underrated team. Is there well, they're down? four I mean, and two. This guy's so. putting up some numbers. And then a guy you mentioned earlier in the year that's that's still putting up good good numbers is uh, Jonathan Taylor, sophomore running back out of Wisconsin. Mm. Is he off your list or is he still on that? Well, radar? he's kind of dropped a little bit. Jonathan Taylor still third in the country in rushing yards, 849 in the season. I brought up Brailford from Oklahoma State. He's leading the country in sacks with eight on the year. Jerry Tillery tied for number two in the sacks from Notre Dame with seven big-time playmakers from big schools. I think they deserve the love to at least be mentioned in in this list here. Yeah, like you said, UCF's going to have to stop Daryl Henderson if they want to win against Memphis, who, as you said, is leading the country in rushing yards. Only only running back in the country with over 900 rushing yards, 934 rushing yards for Daryl Henderson. Memphis isn't just some cakewalk team. They're 4-2 right now overall. And you look at Henderson last last week against UConn. I know UConn's not that tough of an opponent, but 14 carries for 174 yards and three touchdowns, 12 point yards, 12.4 yards per carry in terms of just that game alone. He's had some huge games this year. That's going to be a good game, UCF at Memphis. That, that could be a trap game for the Golden Knights right there. If you Mr. want to crown them, how, how about going into my favorite segment of the week, t- giving out the Godfather's Awards, biggest bum of the week, biggest hero of the week, and then talk a little bit of hot seat. Who's your biggest bum? Well, I said it. Who are your biggest bums? My bums of the week are the AP voters that voted eight Southeastern Conference teams into the top 25. I think that's ridiculous. And in the Southeastern Conference, there's three teams in the top 25 with two losses, and they're all from the Southeastern Conference. I I just think that's too much. Get away from me, I don't know why they have to do that, but for some reason they think it's – that's the way it should, it should go. But uh, any of those teams you think shouldn't be in there specifically? Well, well, the last two you got Mississippi State and Texas A and M. Do they deserve to be in there? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. Auburn, Texas A and M, Mississippi State, all with two losses. Those are the only three schools with two losses in the rankings right now. I know that's what I said. Uh, Stanford. Maybe they, they should get a little love. Maybe Michigan State. Uh, yeah, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State sitting right out there too. You know, I mean, it's it's de- definitely there. What about your biggest hero of the week, Mr. Allendale? Who, who's, well, who's, someone who, who's, who's someone who impressed you, made your heart warm this past week? Ian, Ian Buck, quarterback for Notre Dame. He, he helped pull that game out against Virginia Tech. And in the three games that he started at quarterback since three games ago, they, the Irish have averaged 48 points per game. He's connected on 70, 70% of his passes. Uh, he's been absolutely tremendous. Seventy-three point three percent completion percentage. Is his numbers just not high? And are his numbers just not high enough statistically to put him in the Heisman race? Well, we're no, talking about a top-ranked no, team yeah. with the quarterback there. You know, yeah, give him time. Give yeah. him time. Nine touchdowns, one interception. It's not as big a numbers as we see from other quarterbacks around the country. But you're right. I mean, he's he's been playing great this year, and I think he's he's a big reason why we consider them national title contenders this year or college football playoff contenders. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So he's my hero of the week. I mean, that was a tough game for them to go into Virginia Tech. My second favorite, or tied for my first favorite segment of the week, it's my, my old favorite, but now I like your biggest bum too, but how about the coach's hot seat, a.k.a. the godfather's hot seat, Mr. Allen Dell. <coughs> Willie Taggart, number one all year. Is he, is he on your 
Well, he, he had he had a chance to get off the hot seat. He he, he did. I mean, he would have won. He was up twenty-seven to seven. God he blew the game, damn. so he, he's back on a hot seat. That that's not my hot seat. That's the hot seat that the fans up there are putting on. The Bears or who we? He's not going to. He's, he's he's not going to get much uh, much leeway. This reminds me of what happened when he was, took over the USF program. It took him till the middle of the third year to turn things around. I don't think he'll get that much time from FSU fans because they're, they're irrational. Their uh, hopes aspirations, expectations are, are a lot higher. But you know what's going to keep him there? He's paying. He's getting paid $5 million a year on a five-year deal, and they, they don't have the money to let him go. And you kidding me? $20 million for, for four years. Two turnovers killed him, DeAndre Francis. But I remember when I covered USF and Jim Levin was the coach, and they went through a, a, a stint there where they were turning the ball over, and I asked him about that, and he went crazy. He said, when you when you when you turn the ball over, it's up to the defense to stop. And he said that it's not on the offense; it's on the defense. You're Maybe that's crazy. A good, a good line to take. Good belief to have. <laughs> well, what the defense can't turn the ball over, can yeah, they? but it's not that he said. They're, they're if they uh, they go in a situation where the offense turn the ball over, their their goal is to not let them score a touchdown. All right, I'm gonna give you some some big bigger name coaches here. You tell me which seat is the hottest out of, out of the following four guys: Bobby Petrino, Louisville. Yeah, well, Bobby Petrino's on Auburn. Clay Helton, USC, and Chip Kelly, UCLA. Well, Chip Kelly's safe. Come on, it's his first year. He's going to turn <laughs> things around. I he's, he's number ten on uh, number nine on CoachesHotSeat.com, Mister. I don't Malzahn. care. Well, he's my. He's he's not on that list. Okay, then. so how about Petrino, Malzahn, and Helton? What about those? And three Petrino's guys? in a little trouble. Two and four. People expected better things from him. He lost that game to, to FSU. That he should have won that game. So Malzahn, uh, four and two Auburn. Seems like he's always on the hot seat. Well, they beat Washington, so that was a big game. Yeah, that was a long time ago now for them. Well, there's still a lot of season left for Auburn, and they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl. That, that'll make <laughs> that, that'll solve all the problems there, no matter how many but, games. But they the lose worst coach that. in the country to me, the number one hot seat is Chris Ash from Rutgers. I'm just sorry. Uh, he's he's seven and twenty-three. This is year three for him. I don't know how many more years they're going to give him. He's getting paid $2.3 million. Hell no. David Beatty of Kansas, he's actually won two games this year. He's two and four. When are we, when are we finally going to see somebody get canned? Now, we I, want, I want to see the axe go down, man. I want to see the horse head in the bed. What's going on here? I know it was you, Fredo. Well, I think you're going to see someone with – I got to go with – I think Ash may be gone at the end of the season. David Beatty. I'm talking about mid mid season, like during the season, who's getting canned? You fired. That's, that's, that's your prediction, that, man. That, When's the axe gonna fly down? It's gonna happen in the NFL soon too, man. That's gonna wrap it up here. The Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, debate the week's hottest sports news. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. He is Alan Dell, the godfather, former South Florida Bulls beat writer and NCAA columnist, insider. Sports writer extraordinaire, Mr. Allendale. How do you want to sign us off here this week? Well, let's have a good weekend. Enjoy some games. Uh, you betting? I, How I, much I, you throwing down in those games? Uh, like, I'm, I'm taking out my wallet right now. I'm going for uh, home dogs. LSU, got to take those seven and a half. If you don't want to take the ducks. Okay, you heard it here first. Take the Tigers, take the ducks. This is the Family Feud Sports Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in, guys and gals. Our weekly college football preview episode coming at you every single 
week. You can catch other brand new episodes of the Family Feud Sports Podcast, talking some fantasy football, deep sleepers earlier in the week, our NFL Rants and Rays podcast, and our NFL Las Vegas Quick Picks podcast, where we pick every single game against the spread for the upcoming weekend. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you get your podcasts or audio, whether it's Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Google Play Music, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, Radio Public, and of course, the Anchor app. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Peace out. Yeah. Steve Harvey, this the family feuding. Baby mama drama, got the family losing. Smoking, back, out the front door fuming. I was just a student, now you look like food. Hunger got me moving, starving artists too. I'm just being human, I'm a human being, I might start a movement, like the Carter 2, when my bitch catch me cheating, we go shop for shoes. I'm getting even, I'm getting even more than that, more than that, yeah, switch pie, I want more than half, yeah, two say I want more than that, more than that, hot and ready like you ordered that, by the time you try to leave the nigga, I was already done being with you, got a fight nigga, pay me that door, I'm a green with Pack up, take a demons with ya, make sure Make sure I'm done dealing with yeah. ya Steve Harvey, bitch the family feuding Baby mama drama, got the family losing Smoking backwards, out the front door fuming I was just a student, now you look like food yeah. Hunger got me moving, I was starving too I never bothered, but I could have been a Harvard student I was hardly stupid, but I was young and foolish well, let me ask something, Miss Hunt, because I ain't never asked Kentucky. What is it that you love about me? You tall, you bald.